Amen. We'll take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 1. As we make our way through this book. Galatians is written to a a area, um, a state, so to speak, um, in what we might call uh, the uh, just in, in it's just in the eastern middle part of Europe, and uh, this place where where the gospel had come um, was also a place where Judaism had come, and um, because Christianity is a uh, Jewish religion first, and so it is. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. To, um, he came. He came to minister to the Jews. If you remember the the lady who was a a uh, Gentile lady um, who needed uh, the Lord to heal her daughter, and the, the Lord said, "No, um, I'm I've come here for the Jews first. And she said, "Well, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs um, and from the table." And the Lord said, "I've." Not known greater faith than yours, not in all of Israel. And uh, so the Lord did come and, and Christianity started amongst the Jews. There's no doubt about that. In fact, uh, there's so much that we have, uh, so much of our heritage is a heritage that began uh, with the Jewish people in Israel. We have the Word of God because of the Jews. The apostles were Jews. Jesus Christ Himself was born a Jew. Um, the land in which the Bible takes place, uh, for the most part, is there in Israel. Um, there are certain places, other places, where the Scripture takes place um, outside of Israel, but very small, small parts. Um, and so there's so much that we, we, in some ways, owe to the Jewish people. In fact, the Lord tells us that we are to love the Jewish people. And I do believe that with all my heart. Um, and uh, may God help us to be a people who who seek to be a blessing to the Jewish people. That being said, Judaism, which is the religion of most Jews, um, is a false religion. And the Galatian people began to take Judaism in as an addendum to their Christianity. In other words, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and I'm going to go to heaven because now that I'm a Christian, I've also gotten circumcised. So I'm going to go to heaven where the truth is, is that circumcision does nothing for us, Um, nothing at all. And in fact, Paul says this, that um, circumcision means nothing and not being circumcised means nothing. But he even goes so far as to say that if you believe that you are going to be saved because you're circumcised, you're in fact not saved at all. <laughs> and uh, so Judaism had come in to this church, and uh, Paul was amazed how this could be. And, and uh, to begin his dissertation, his argument, um, to begin these things, he begins with himself. Now, why would Paul begin with himself? What do you think? When he comes to Judaism, why would Paul begin with himself? He's the Jew of Jews. If there's anybody who adhered to Judaism, it was him, right? Um, if there was anybody who said this is uh, Judaism is the way to go, he was the one. And so he begins with his own um, his own life. 
And, and he uses his own life to be a persuasion to not go in that way. Um, to reject that. And to say, uh, to say completely, uh, we are not going to believe that salvation is through grace by faith plus works. We're, we're saying no to that. And, uh, and Paul uses his own life to say this, you must do this. And let me tell you about myself. And so, um, if you look there, um, starting there in verse 15, Paul says this, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with, abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles I saw none save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came unto the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which are in Christ, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. And I'd like to, uh, to spend our time for the most part in these last two verses. Um, but I do want you to notice one thing real quick. Verse 19. <clears throat> but the other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. Alright? And so, if we're going to take this verse at face value, and I don't see any reason why we wouldn't, what is Paul saying James is? An apostle. Now, James actually does not even get saved until after Jesus raises from the dead. He's one of the doubters of Jesus being who he said he was. And he didn't believe that until after Jesus rose from the dead. And so here we have Paul saying, well, I didn't speak to any of the apostles, except any of the other apostles. I spoke to Peter, but I didn't speak to any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. All right. Well, here's the thing. James, the Lord's brother, never one of the twelve apostles. There's James, um, but he's James is not the brother of Jesus, right? Um, you've got... John and Peter and James, these, these three, uh, particular apostles who were favorites of the Lord, um, or, or had a special relationship with the Lord. But James, the, the brother of Jesus, was never one of the twelve apostles. Now last week I talked about the, the false teachings of many of the, the modern, uh, apostles today. They call themselves modern apostles. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll look at verses like this and say, you see, James was an apostle. You can read in the book of Acts and they talk about Barnabas being an apostle. And so does that mean that we have modern day apostles in the sense of Paul or Peter or John? Is apostleship something that just continues down through the generations um, in that instance, and the answer to that is no, no, um, you have the 12 apostles. So you have 12 minus one with Judas plus one with Paul. And those are the only 12 
apostles of the Lamb, which is the way the re- that book of Revelation speaks about it. Now, the word apostle um, can mean anointed one or, or uh, one chosen and, and chosen to do a particular task. And so when the word apostle is used, it can be used generally, um, but it doesn't mean that it's particularly speaking about um, the 12 apostles or that there's an infinite number of apostles. What people today say when they say I'm an apostle is I have the very I my ears hear the voice of God to where what I say is scripture. That's a lie. Anybody tells you that what they have to say is Bible uh, and it's not actually quoting the Bible, they're lying to you. All right. They're lying. It's just not true. Um, It's not true. Um, That type of apostleship, which added to scripture and had that type of relationship with the Lord in which he saw them, he walked with them. um, That ended with the death of John, the last apostle. Now, if somebody wanted to call themselves an apostle by the general name um, and not think that they're miracle workers, not think that they are the head of the universal church around the world, um, if they don't, if they just want to use the word apostle in, in that type of thing, I wouldn't fight with them. If they wanted to use it as a synonym to an evangelist or a synonym to to a pastor, I wouldn't fight with them over that. I I think they'd have their definitions a little off, but I wouldn't uh, get get uh, I wouldn't get upset with that. The problem is, is almost every person who uses the word apostle as a title um, is using it to say that I have such authority. Um, that the very things that I say are Bible. And that's a lie. Um, don't ever, don't ever believe that. Don't ever believe that. Um, they'll say things like, well, I prophesy in the name of the Lord. I know what's going to happen in the future. A friend of mine had gotten wrapped up in some of that. And, uh, um, he, he had, he, there was an apostle and there was the, his prophet. And uh, this prophet, this girl, um, would tell him what he was supposed to do. He went to Africa because she told him he had to go to Africa. And he said, and she, he eventually said, hey, "Listen, she's right, like fifty percent of the time." All right, well, that's great. <laughs> you know what the scripture says about a prophet who's wrong once? They should die. of the time doesn't meet the standard of God, right? Doesn't meet the standard of God. In fact, God says they are not of me. Alright, so, and, so don't be fooled by that. But I want you to notice down here in verse 23 and 24. Paul is giving a little bit about what happened after he had come to know the Lord. He began to preach immediately in Antioch. And then he began to go Around the world, he he went to to Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem, he had three different missionary journeys. <clears throat> and in verse twenty three, the scripture says, "But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth faith, which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me." You one of the great evidences that. 
the Lord Jesus Christ really is the Lord, the one who died and rose from the dead, one of the great evidences of the Apostle Paul. He hated Jesus, despised His very name, wanted to stamp Him out completely, wanted nobody to ever remember Him for all eternity. And He became the greatest proponent of Christ. And one of the reasons why Jesus is named today is because of all the work that the Apostle Paul did back in the first century. But I want you to think about this. The Lord Jesus Christ died for the sins of all people. There's not a soul in the world in whom Jesus has not died. That means that He died for me and He died for you. It also means that He died for the jihadists in the Middle East. He died on the cross for that man who may be even tonight thinking about a way in which he may kill somebody. In the name of jihad, some American or, or some Jewish person. Uh, most jihadists today live according to this mantra. There's the little devil of Israel and the great devil of America. That's us. I'm an American. And uh, there are people who, even as they go to sleep tonight, dream of the death of Americans. And even chant it in the streets. Right? And we need to remember that Jesus died for them. One of the things that you'll sometimes get asked if you're trying to minister to somebody and minister the gospel and the truth of the gospel is, you mean Jesus died for Hitler? You mean Hitler could be in heaven? You mean someone like Hitler could be in heaven, but someone like me who's never done anything like that is going to go to hell? This is a question that will be posed. Um, it's posed in literature. It's posed in scholarly books. And it will be posed by anybody who is, well, by people who are going to try to, to get you mixed up. The truth is, is that there's not a soul that Jesus didn't die for. Now, do I believe that Hitler got saved? I do not. I believe that he's in hell. I believe that he's in hell. Do I believe that Hitler could have gotten saved? He could have gotten saved. I don't believe he did. I believe that Osama bin Laden is in hell today. Um, do I believe that Osama bin Laden could have been saved? He could have been saved if he was willing to hear the gospel. And how do we know this? Do you know who the terrorist of the first century was? Paul. He was the terrorist of the first century. Wherever he went, Christians were fearful of their lives. Those who claimed to know Christ, some recanted their faith. One of the things that Paul took great pleasure in is when a Christian would say, I don't believe that, in order to save their life. Paul said that he was injurious. That word injurious is a word that we might use, we might use the word sadistic. It means to love seeing people hurt. <laughs> to enjoy it. Um, and this is who Paul was. He was a sadistic terrorist. No doubt about that. Um, he caused terror wherever he went. But did he get saved? 
He most assuredly did. You know, if Hitler got saved, the end of his salvation would have been glory for God. But there has not been anything that has glorified God that has come out of Hitler or Nazism. Right? If Osama bin Laden had gotten saved, it would have ended with glory for God. Um, But there is no glory for God out of the Islam that he is talking about or any Islam today. But I do know this. I've got books on my shelf about jihadists who got saved. And the glory is all for God. God has used their life to glorify Him. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That someone whose main desire in life was to wage holy war against Christianity, America, and Israel got saved. Fear for their lives. Fear for their lives. And it's, an, it's remarkable what God does. We did a, a uh, I wish I could remember his name, but we did a mission story at our Good News Club last quarter about a man. He was a American Air Force pilot, got shot down and became a prisoner of war in Japan. And uh, do you know what they the Japanese started to give them for toilet paper? The Bible. He began to read the Scripture. He got saved. Got saved. This this Air Force man, this uh, uh, man in the Air Force. and Eventually, of course, America won the war, came in and liberated uh, these terrible camps. And by the way, they were terrible. Uh, they did not treat uh, the soldiers with any dignity and did not even provide basics for them to live. Um, it was a wreck. America's done that too. You can read about uh, the the camps in the South during the Civil War. One in particular was... The, 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 there was uh, one man, Abraham Lincoln, uh, charged with treason. He, he forgave all kinds of people, but that the man who ran that camp... He hung him. Hung him. It was wicked what he did. Um, But it was similar to that, where people were toothpicks on the verge of death. Many people did die. But he came back. He was able to come back to health. And you know what he did? He went back to Japan. You know why he went? To minister to the men that tortured him. Because he believed that those men could get saved. Right? Corey Tenboom. You never heard of Corey Tenboom. You should get to know Corey Tenboom. Encourage you. She's got two particular books. Um, the Hiding Place is one of them, and and then her her next book goes into the work that God used her to do after she came out of the concentration camp. So she goes into the concentration camp. The Nazis are despicable in the way they treated them in the Nazi camp. Um, she's able to miraculously escape um, just a week before she probably would have been killed. And she begins to go around the world preaching the gospel. And you know where she goes? She goes back to the death camps, to the same people that sought to kill her. And some of these men got saved. Not all of them, not even most of them, but some did. 
It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Here's the point. God has saved us for verse 24. And they glorified God in me. That's why God has saved us. Why, why are we saved? So that God could be glorified. So that others could glorify God in me. Right? In me. I don't have a story uh, that says that I was a, uh, a mass murderer who sought to kill people. But I do know this. The Lord Jesus Christ saved me from a definite hell. Was I wicked? I was absolutely wicked. Did I deserve hell? I absolutely did. But Jesus died for me. And if He died for me, there's not a person in this town that He didn't die for. Right? You know, we've, we've spoken about people who've, who've performed abortions and what's going on in the past couple of weeks and couple of months in liberal states like ours is terrible. Um, Rhode Island decided we're, we're not only going to do it the way New York did, let's just step it up one and say, you know what, if a murderer kills a pregnant woman, that he's not going to be charged with double homicide. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But, they, but, but Rhode Island said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. I wonder what's going to happen when a woman gets beat up and the fetus dies, the, the baby dies, is he going to get away with it? Is he going to get just charged with, with battery? That's such a sad thing, right? Because here's the thing. Every single person who would go to a rally to cry out for these things, Jesus died for, didn't he? He died for them. You know, the very lady who is was the instrument for Roe v. Wade, she's a Christian. Did you know that? Saved. Saved. Right? Why? Why does God do this? So they glorify God in me. And that she does that. She may be dead now. If she, had, if she died, it's just very recently. But that's what God has done. Amen? And that's what God wants to use us to do. This is what He meant in Matthew chapter 5 when He said, Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is, this is the example. This is what we're talking about, right? That they might be saved. <laughs> this is what it's all about. May God be glorified in me, but that they also may glorify God in me. Amen? May that be our prayer. May it be our prayer, even tonight. God, may, may they glorify God in me. May others glorify God because of what You've done for me. May it not be about me at all. May it all be all about You. Amen? Verse 24, and they glorify God in me. May that be our thought and our desire. In fact, it's the very purpose for our lives. That's why Jesus died. Amen? And so, may God help us with these things. Any thoughts on that before we get to praying? Any other folks you've read about that 
kind of match this type of description. By the way, I encourage you to read biographies. I encourage the children to read biographies. Um, you can read biographies that are 400 pages. They also got uh, much smaller biographies that are geared towards young adults and that type of thing. Um, buy those for your kids. Have them read them. Uh, and uh, if they've got tablets or that type of thing, you can get them on Amazon um, on e- as an e-book. But uh, have some heroes uh, that are not necessarily athletes or... You know, I don't want my I don't want my son to his great hero of his life be LeBron James. <laughs> you know, I just I but how's that gonna happen? He's he's gonna have to read about some folks. Because <laughs> Adoniram Judson is not gonna be talked about on any channel on TV all year long. Right? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> right? You may see Corey Tenboom's uh the movie about Corey Tenboom once this year. On all the channels, you may see it once. Um, so they're going to have to read about it, or they're going to have to be told about it. And so do that for your children. Um, these folks have been a big help to me. Hudson Taylor, um, many of them. C.T. Studd. These are men that God used, women that God used, and have used in my life, and continue to do that. So do that. Anyway, praise the Lord.